0: If I can do it, you can do it too. And how can I help you do this? Don't settle. I'm never. Not. Don't settle. Just go full sin. His battle, our fight. And it's, you know, a goal, an achievable goal, and maybe even a high, high, high level goal you may never get. Well, it's, it's a wonderful way for us to make each other stronger. I, I feel like that my strength comes from him. And so I try to give all my stuff, you know, to him you know,
1: take down those barriers um, and those false beliefs that they can't do it. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions, because it's going to happen, and the sooner you can
0: get comfortable being uncomfortable, the better you're going to be. In this moment, you can decide to take hold, move forward, and go head on, up, over, and through. It's do or do not. Through these stories and perspectives, we hope to give insight to the challenges we all face every day. Paying it forward through learned experience. Because quitting is too hard.
1: For those who refuse to give up and continue to find a way, this is your fuel
0: brought to you by western contours podcast and our partners western fly covers ultralight protection for your gear stay on your game backcountry archery the passion and intent of ethical hunting led to the pursuit of building the most lethal bow
1: setups while increasing accuracy the crazy elk company simple solutions in gear giving back to the passion that has given so much end of this topic, I want to preface this with the disclaimer that these statements are mine and are in no way representative of any law enforcement agency I've worked for during the time focused on. That being said, here we go. He who fights monsters should see to it that he himself does not become a monster. Frederick Nietzsche. When guy reached out to me and gave me the opportunity to tell of a time, specifically a difficult time that has impacted me, and what got me through it, I was honored to be a part of yet another undertaking. So first and foremost, thank you to him and to those of you taking the time to listen. Talking about feelings specifically in dark times has never been something I've done with ease. I've become really good at masking these these times with humor or deflection. However, there comes a time for all of us that this technique is no longer a viable means of coping. For those of you who are similar, I hope this can help shine a light in those dark corners and get things moving in the right direction. Even before starting my career in law enforcement, my dad, who's a Marine and law enforcement veteran, told me to keep in mind that I would be dealing with people predominantly on the worst day of their lives. These words were and continue to be the most accurate description I've seen. I started out my law enforcement career in 2007 as a uniformed patrol officer for a larger, by Wyoming standards, law enforcement agency. During my time with this department, I wore a lot of proverbial hats, but these all seemed to be building blocks to keep pushing me towards another larger plan. I was lucky enough to be a field training officer, firearms instructor, trainer of various skills, and a SWAT team entry member. I was also lucky enough to be chosen two separate times to serve as a task force officer on a state and federal task force covering a wide range of investigative duties. In the earlier parts of my career, I found an ability for being a so-called ship magnet, constantly getting into big things unintentionally. Pursuits, talking suicidal people out of life-ending situations, and apprehending fugitives. However, there's constantly a yearning or a push for bigger things. So while working full-time, I decided to also be a full-time college student. I left this department for a unique opportunity to work strictly narcotics crimes in a different state. I packed up and moved to a town where I knew nobody. And due to the work I was doing, I couldn't live that normal idea of meeting people and partaking in the normal way of life that so many of us are accustomed to. However, I was required to blend in with a certain demographic of people. I was working in an undercover capacity to disrupt dangerous drugs and other organized crime. While working this assignment, I was blessed because I was working with some truly spectacular people. But at the end of the day, I was the one going inside to purchase methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, or opioids. This is an extremely draining task in and of itself, but when you factor in that you have nobody at home waiting for you, it seems to be never ending. My proverbial gut check hit me during a particularly hectic week. I had bought large amounts of methamphetamine and heroin throughout this week, but was on my way to do another deal for some other life-altering substances that had been ruining lives all across our country. The deal was going smoothly until the source, or the provider of the drugs, brought their small child out. Mind you, this child was somewhere between five and seven years of age, had matted hair, and an impressive Kool-Aid mustache. But this child had a toy in their hand. As the source went to a different part of their house to retrieve what I was purchasing, they asked me to keep an eye on their kid, me, this man who they did not know, who had dirty clothes that were full of holes, long shaggy hair, facial hair that covered nearly everything but my eyes, and a hat that looked like it should have been burned years ago, was the one taking care of this child. So. I played with the kid. We played for about a half hour, during which time I was having to balance between playing and engaging with the child and making sure the source wasn't going to attempt to ambush me in any way. The source finally returned and we completed the deal. As I was getting ready to leave, the kid hugged my leg, sat on my foot, looked up at me with those eyes only a child can have and said, take me with you. Talk about a punch in the throat, all of the training I'd received up to that point, all of the experience I'd gained until that exact moment meant nothing. Had they come out of that room and pulled a gun, I would have known exactly what to do, had they attacked me physically, I would have fought like the third monkey heading for the ark while the clouds are rolling in, but nobody ever preps you for this kind of situation. I don't know if it was this specific instance that finally brought things into perspective. The refusal to acknowledge the darkness building inside me, finally reaching a boiling point or the stressors of college, working an insane amount of hours, putting nearly 60,000 miles on my work truck that year and being a full-time college student. But that night on my drive home, it all hit me. I began closing myself off to things I enjoyed doing. Stopped working out as much as I had been and threw myself even deeper into work. Couple that with bad eating habits due to the life I was working. And it was all building blocks for disaster. Leading up to this fateful day, i had seen a few of the warning signs, but the one that scared me the most was that I was no longer had any sort of an adrenaline rush, no fear, no excitement going into any of these operations. There's no difference in my behavior or my feelings walking into one of these drug houses or to a high-risk operation or to complete one of these transactions than there was walking into my own house. That, in and of itself, was absolutely terrifying. My adult life, or the majority of it, has consisted of putting others' needs way ahead of my own in the interest of work. This pattern continued even outside of my work hours. This, as unhealthy as it is, resulted in refusing to address my demons, but rather letting them set up shop rent-free in my own head. Couple that with an extreme lack of decent sleep, and my world was collapsing, but I had to continue working, because if not me, then who? I had the hardest conversation of my life right around this time with my loved ones. The fact that none of this worried me or got my adrenaline up anymore was a huge safety risk. The reason I was having this conversation with my loved ones is that I knew I could no longer handle this by myself. For those of you unfamiliar with it, adrenaline and those hairs that stand up on the back of your neck when you know something isn't right are your danger indicators. For those that have been in hostile, dangerous, or non-permissive environments, these indicators begin to get numbed down or calloused. The normal threat indicators, and my threat indicator was broken. But as these cases I had been working were long-term operations, it wasn't as if I could simply duck out. I compared my troubles with those of others in my life and found that mine weren't that big of a deal, in my opinion. When in reality, mine were impacting my health, my livelihood, my safety, and the safety of those around me. I owed it not only to myself, but also to my co-workers and their family to fix my cracks before it led to something terrible. Something that couldn't be fixed. After having that insanely stressful conversation with my loved ones, they showed me what needed done. I needed to find the things that reminded me of the good in the world, get back to being me, and grasp at least one of the hands that was outstretched in front of me offering assistance. This was an absolutely foreign concept for me as I was the one always helping others, whether it be friends from the Marine Corps, fellow law enforcement officers, family members going through a tough spot, and even lifelong friends and struggles that were completely unexpected. It was easy for me to help them, but it seemed impossible for me to get help for myself. But I swallowed my pride, fought back my embarrassment, and stepped up. Between the help of family, loved ones, and friends, I came to the realization that no matter who you are, what you do or how tough you think you are, we all have a breaking point. Knowing where that breaking point is, is absolutely critical to getting some form of help. I talked to those in my life that mattered to me. I got back to eating healthy. I was working out at the consistency I had been before and I'd come up with an action plan. I've never been the type to bitch about a problem unless I have a solution. So I put together the things I needed to accomplish these goals, began working towards these things, and now I am back to myself. Family and those close to me have even commented that I'm back to the old version of me in terms of being a happy and positive influence. I'm still in the profession I started out in, but I'm back in a uniform. I can no longer put myself or those I worked with in a more hazardous situation because I refuse to acknowledge a problem. I took advantage of a support network, and instead of giving the typical head nod and move on, I actually took the advice given to me. The biggest lesson this taught me was to have a good support network, regardless of if it is through your church, a sports team you're involved with, family, or a group through social media. You have to be honest with these people, regardless of the appearance you think it will give, because to fix the problem, I needed to address the actual problem. I'm truly blessed. I have a family that couldn't be better. I've been to some amazing and terrifying places, and I have people that will gladly drop everything to help me out. I was raised Christian, and this has helped me when I've been at my lowest points. I'm not perfect, nor am I making any claims to be remotely close to perfect. However, this is life. We, the ones living, are the ones who make the choices as to how life affects us but we only get one shot at it. It doesn't matter what gets thrown our way. We have the ability to fight through it, but we have to put that ability to use. None of us are quitters. None of us take the easy road in our hobbies, our professional choices or our personal actions. So why take that route when dealing with your inner battles? Be proud of who you are and what you've accomplished, but don't be afraid to be vulnerable. To that end if any of you listening to this are currently going through a rough spot or are in that darkness get a hold of me i don't care what time it is i will always help someone in need and sometimes it's easier to be honest with someone you don't know personally as compared with those you see every day we every single one of us has a duty to look out for those close to us however if we can't take care of our own issues who will be there to help us those that we care about thank you for your time and again stay safe